0: when we come to someone and we're a live wire of enthusiasm and passion and we're not worried about anything we are like come with me you know what this is this is called love unleashed Mm -hmm. everyone wants to be around that This is Kathy Heller. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we have a great episode. You're going to hear me coaching two women and I'm really hoping that these conversations will serve you in a very deep way. It's amazing how what is sometimes personal is very universal and the things that we seem to come up against, we all can relate to. I just actually finished a three-day retreat at my house and we're gonna be doing another retreat at my house in December. If you wanna get the details to that, you can go to kathyheller.com slash lux and you can check that out there. Also, if you're in the LA area, come on out Sunday night, October 30th. My husband is gonna be doing stand-up, and he is so funny. And then the two of us, him and I, as well as his good friend, Mark Schiff, We will be doing a live podcast on stage at the Improv in Hollywood. It's on Melrose. The tickets are about 20 bucks and you can get tickets at markandlowell.com. M-A-R-K-A-N-D-L-O-W-E-L-L.com. It'd be so fun to see you. So if you're in the LA area, come join us this Sunday at the Hollywood Improv for some comedy and a podcast and some Q&A time. It's going to be so fun. Okay. So let's get into today's episode. As I said, I'm going to share a couple of coaching sessions with you. I think that it's going to be helpful for you to see that you're not alone in whatever experience you're having. So first you're going to hear me talking with Cassandra who had a lot of success in her business, but she's feeling like she's losing the passion for it. So I'm going to help her rediscover that excitement and get back into the flow of creativity and making magic. Take a listen.
1: Hi, Cassandra. Hi. I'm a photographer. I've had a studio for 15 years. It's really successful, but I'm not feeling like it's feeding my passion anymore. I'm really appreciative of everything it brought to me, but on my creative journey, this feels like a natural next step, and as far as anybody struggling with living with fear, any endeavor you, that you do, I mean, you recognize the fear factor of the tiger that walks in the room is just an indication that you're doing something important and something that it has challenges, and for me, I, my whole life I've walked alongside with that, and it just means it's time to pay attention. Um, I don't know about loving the tiger, but recognizing that it's a part of me that walks alongside me every step of the way because I take chances, and this is taking a big chance and putting our voice out there, and I guess. The question is how to get out of your way, because I feel like even as a person who takes a lot of chances in my life and walked away from a big career to start my studio, and it did great and didn't happen overnight, but getting into this new endeavor, I find like daily, it's like, oh, what are you doing? You've got so much work to do. Your studio is doing great. Just keep doing what you're doing. But this feels so important. And to be perfectly honest, I don't know where it's going. And that kind of feels okay, kind of most of the time. And then, you know, another day comes on and the tiger wakes up again and goes, really, it doesn't matter. What are you doing? So I guess the question is, you know, what kind of practices do you have that help you get out of your own way? It's a beautiful question.
0: So yeah, I mean, what I was sharing earlier in the conversation was this returning to the self, like the truth of who we are. That's really all we really want to know how to do actually is find Mm -hmm. peace sitting on the couch or find a real sense of joy that really is in us all the time. So what's been helpful for me in my journey is having spent uh, a few years at UCLA studying mindfulness at their research center. And then being on this meditation journey for a long time, It's a hundred percent responsible for all of my joy in my day. So those practices, there's some really easy ones. And one of them is super easy. There's actually a set of speakers. There are these two little speakers. They come together and you can buy it on Amazon and it's called yoga for the mind. And when you turn them on, they are, program to turn off after three minutes, you only get three minutes and everyone's got three minutes in your day. I assure you. So without you doing anything, once you turn them on, they will turn off at the three minute mark. And the data behind that is that if you listen to what they play, they play a series of beats and sound bowls just by listening to it you will get the benefit of a 30 minute meditation. So that's a really good start. It's really simple because I find that when people go on meditation apps, meditation is like karate or yoga. It could look really simple and it's because it is really simple, but if you do it without a teacher, you can actually find that you think it's harder than it is. And a lot of people, when they meditate, try to concentrate, which is not what meditation's about. And people think they're supposed to not have thoughts, which is not what meditation is about. You will always have thoughts, God willing. If your brain is on, your thoughts will be there busy, just like your pulse will hopefully always be going. So we're not trying to shut it off. We're just simply trying to be witness to it. That's it. And when you find that part of you, that's a witness, you start to notice how it feels to identify with this feeling of like noticing all that's happening without any judgment And then you get clearer at identifying that part of you the whole day. And when that happens, you are untethered from codependency. You're untethered from the part of you that says, and what's really the point here? Because we have a part of us that is wired into protection and worry. And that part of us wants certainty and wants a plan. But our spirit, our soul, our consciousness does not want to plan. The part of us that's really us loves having a, oh my God, you won't believe what happened experience. In fact, that's all we're hoping is going to happen every day. The reason most people don't want to get out of bed in the morning is because they know exactly how the day is going to go, because they keep living into wanting to predict the day. And then they go, well, it's really unsatisfying. Right. Well, the cost for having a day that would blow your hair back is letting go of control. Control is just fear. Because the truth is that everything cool that ever happens, happens to us when we let go of trying to control a moment. That's when we say things that we go, that was really good how I said that. Or I just had this cool idea. How do cool ideas happen? Because you facilitate a playful experience where people just feel safe enough to say something they can't believe that they said. That's what improvisation is. And everything beautiful ever made, every line of clothing, every movie ever made, anyone who makes creative things is flexing the muscle of being willing to throw spaghetti at the wall because that's the letting go because that's the muscle of I'm just in this creative, playful process. And that's why it feels so good to go, I just came up with the iPod. Oh my God, we just revolutionized the tech industry. Where did that come from? I didn't see that coming. I didn't wake up today knowing that was coming out of my mouth. And here it is. And that's why I'm so excited. The excitement is on the other side of spontaneity. So there is nothing exciting and sexy and fulfilling about planning and predicting where anything's going. Nothing ever gets made from that place. We've had so much research about this, but Daniel Pink was on my show and he talked about how they've researched this at companies like Google and Microsoft. And they found that they have these days at these companies where they require people to come to work and require them not to work on their projects. So they have these days where they're required to come to work and literally do anything they possibly want to do and try And they've said that more than 50% of all products and things they wind up launching into the world come from those days because those are the best days because it's always, always, always going to be creativity. It comes from spontaneity, right? So we want that. That's really what we want. And so what we do is we keep trying to crush ourselves into like, no, open up your computer screen and write a novel. It's like, nope. But if you give yourself this assignment to just throw words on a page, you'll write a damn good novel. If you say like, I'm going to record a podcast right now and I need to know where it's going. You probably will make a lot of shit that way. But if you say to yourself, I'm going to put on a microphone and just listen to my voice and I'm going to pretend I'm a beatboxer and then I'm going to make accents and then I'm going to start talking about silly things like how Starbursts really are, should only be the pink ones because the yellow ones suck and nobody wants them. And now I start talking about Starburst. The next thing I know I'm like, and I also care about social justice and ah. Oh my God, I have a podcast. (laughs) There it is. There's my podcast, right? So it's all in, it's all in that state. It's out of the mind. There's nothing good in your head. There's nothing good there. So this is why people get writer's block, but people don't get talker's block as much because you can say it differently. You can do it differently. Again, you can iterate. It's all in the iterating. It's all in the editing. It's all in the playfulness. It's all in the messiness. It's all in the messiness. That's why you're liking listening to me right now. If I came on here today and I had a plan and I knew where this call was going and I had a PowerPoint presentation for you, we would all be asleep right now. We'd be like, and I, by the way, I can, at this point, because I've done a few things, I can make a damn good PowerPoint and I would <laughs> never do it. I was just asked to give a keynote and I was like, can't do it for you. I can't do a keynote because it would suck for me. I don't want to get up and give a keynote. I want to get up and not have a clue what I'm going to say, because that'll be so much more fun. Mm -hmm. And the woman was like, well, I kind of need to know a topic. And I was like, what topic do you want it to be about? And she's like this or this or this. And I was like, do it, say it. That's it. That's what we'll talk about. I was like, I'm sure I'll hit on it at some point. She's like, well, <laughs> if you're not going to do a keynote, what, what will you do? And I was like, just say it's going to be a 60-minute workshop because I would so much rather have everybody write something down, turn to their partners, and then believe me, I can fill up 60 minutes. I have no fear that I would be able to talk for 10 hours and things would just keep coming out of my mouth. That's not the fear. You know why? Because I allow myself to be in state. <laughs> it's way more interesting for me to speak to you when I'm aligned than when I am trying to be an A student. I don't really like A students. We never really got along. And the truth of the truth is, those are not the people who are successful today. Mr. Steve Jobs, he dropped out of college. Right. So if you really want to make powerful, creative things, you probably have to be willing to let go of getting an A. Not going to happen. And this is why I say, Let's let's really come to the table with clarity. Let's really see what's here. Because even don't you feel it as we're talking? You're like, oh, a whole part of me just got unleashed. I can feel it.
1: You can be prepared without being overly refined. Like you said in your interview with Andrea, you had your notes, you, you had ideas, but you weren't going by your notes. And it feels like being less refined makes it more real and I feel like totally. it's a little different we were raised in a generation probably about the same age of yuppie folks who told you do things right do it perfect follow the rules do it this way and now I mean there's a revolution happening a push towards being more real being more honest being more genuine and everything is so curated that we're tired of that and we want to, we want to connect on a real level and being separated during COVID kind of brought that to a, a yeah. you know, a, a crescendo because yeah. we were all separate and we had only the, our four walls and whatever we could find on uh, reaching out through the computer. So we wanted to be real. We want to make real connections. It's yes. interesting. It's through being messy and not being perfect because perfect, yes. perfect doesn't exist. Oh, it's so boring too. It's so
0: boring. All of that feels right. And I think since the very first person ever walked the face of the earth, there is a part of the self, this ego that really does not like a surprise because it's made to protect you from a saber tooth tiger. So it doesn't matter what generation you're born. in. it's kind of like every movie ever made the hero of the story who we root for is the one where at some point in act two, there's a risk, there's an adventure and we're going, do it, go for it. You know, we're telling Will Hunting, like go to California, like go, go see about the girl. You know, we're screaming for Anne Hathaway to like make her move and like speak up to her boss. Like, Ooh, but it's a risk like here. I'm comfortable. Like that's always the hero's journey. And so for all of us, we just get pulled into that trap. Don't we every single day. And then we go, oh, I didn't spend the day doing the thing I wanted to do. I spent the day trying to get that right. Or I spent the day trying to, and like that was tiring and it was exhausting. And even when I did it, it didn't feel nearly as good as when I just said, "Ah," oh. because for me, I could never have made this podcast if this podcast required me to come from a certain level of being prepared or there was just no way it would have happened with three little kids. At the time, my daughter was 10 days old, three years old and four and a half years old. There was no way I would have made a podcast. So it came down to, I'm either going to make this messy in a way that feels fun and exciting and free, or I'm not making it at all. It turned out making it was a really good idea, right? Like most people, if you round it up to the nearest millionth of who's ever heard the show most people have never heard of me and I'm making millions of dollars being able to do something that is so fun and so easy. So I'm really glad I did it that way. And I actually think that's why it's working is because people can hear there's a fullness of spirit as opposed to, hello, and we're back. So yes, I think you can, you can be prepared without being refined. And I also think that really being prepared Is being present. And that's the thing we actually need to prep. Not really even the notes, but what I do to prepare is I meditate in the morning. So I'm here today. I'm not Mm -hmm. coming to you with, I'm scared today and I want you to like me. Mm -hmm. And I'm hooked into fear and you can feel it and I can feel it too. So let's meet in that place. And then you'll subconsciously start thinking that you're not even sure if you like me. And then we're meeting an ego and that's where most people meet everybody. So I think you're way more than prepared. Let's talk about your show one more, one more time. What is it right now that you would love this show to be? What would be the dream if you could just wave a magic wand and here's what the show is and here's what it's creating in the world. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Well, so my show is really a show made for me when I was younger. I actually had this idea as a book when I dropped out of school, but I didn't do it. And I don't know why. But the idea of bringing stories and hard-learned lessons by artists who are all different levels along the line of their paths about how they do and what they've learned and their journey, and it's meant to inspire uh, other creatives to, to continue their path or to get back to it. You know, the the number of art students out there that actually make a living off their art, I don't have a statistic, but I know it's rather small. And I know that I was an artist, a photographer, and I deviated down the line of graphic design and advertising, art directing, which I was okay at, but I didn't feel passionate or fulfilled by And giving myself permission to scrap that took a lot, but I'm so happy because of it. And I think there's a perspective to bring to that audience. And so in a dream that I have a community of artists that come and go, that lend to each other, that create a big part of what I think the difference between a successful artist and a not successful artist, besides actually doing the art, is having community. You look at, you know, the Salons of Paris, and New York, was Picasso necessarily the best artist of his generation? Or did he have a community that created space and gave him courage and pushed him forward? I think that we've probably lost a lot of Picassos along the way because they didn't believe in themselves and they had too many voices against them and didn't have the community to create and make it go forward. So does that answer your question? Yeah, it's so beautiful.
0: and, And so isn't it interesting that you even uttered those words before that you weren't really sure where it's going when you just told me with like so much conviction like you just did a whole TED talk on why this is so important and exactly what you're hoping it creates which is support and community so that real artists can thrive so isn't that interesting that six minutes ago there was anything between you and me that there was confusion There's no confusion. So then what really is that confusion about,
1: do we think? I I guess believing that it'll happen. I guess, you know, believing that I'll be able to execute it, that I'll reach the audience, that they'll connect, that they'll come back. I mean, it doesn't happen without them. I can put it out there, but if nobody shows up, there's no community. So I guess it's the free fall and and believing the net's there that taking that jump. And I mean, the worst case scenario, honestly, Kathy, so I put a year of work into something. It doesn't happen. I'm sure I will gain experience, knowledge, tools, something out of it. Even if I don't get that audience, even if the community doesn't happen, I'll meet some really cool people that talk to me and I learn from them. And, you know, just like leaving art direction and going back to digital photography and, you know, I mean, all those skills I learned that decade of doing advertising fed into the next thing. It wasn't wasted time, even though I didn't follow that career path. So I guess just giving in to the idea that it may or may not happen, but it won't be for not,
0: yeah, I would just say two things. One is so often it really isn't about. Whether or not we need to do X, Y, and Z for it to happen, it really, if I was able to sit with each of you for an hour tops, we would be able to truly pinpoint. It's really more about removing the blocks that are not allowing it to happen. Because the truth is people everywhere, you can see evidence that we love to connect. And we know that there's evidence that there's artists and we know that there's evidence that people want support. So it's really about continuously to remove those blocks. And when we come to someone and we're a live wire of enthusiasm and passion, and we're not worried about anything, we are like, come with me. You know what this is? This is called love unleashed. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants to be around that. So then it's really about what would hold me back from being such a siren such a lighthouse, because that's what's really inside of you. Marion Williamson said to me that even the people in the world who've done the most amazing things have not scratched the surface of what they're capable of doing. And we really know that about ourselves. That's the secret we all have. The, the secret everyone has is that we are so empathetic, so so passionate, so creative, And we eke out little bits of it because we're very much focused still on rejection a little bit Mm -hmm. when truly, and Deepak was saying this this weekend, that the work he's done analyzing and looking at sadness, depression, anxiety, and he's a medical doctor. So he's done a lot of really cool research. He said, it's always the thoughts that are about self is where we get off track on mission where we get off, but when we're just in mission, like we're just focused on the contribution, focus on the other person. We're happier. We're lit up. We have more energy. So they are there number one. And number two, when we let go of attaching to it, because it's just such a delight, it's such a pleasure. You're absolutely right. Sometimes the dreams that we're chasing are ultimately the dreams that chase us back. So for me, when I came to Los Angeles at 23, I wanted to use my voice and sing and write music. And I got signed to Interscope. And I was like, if the girls in sixth grade could see me right now, they'd be so embarrassed that they called me names until very quickly, I was no longer at Interscope. And I was like, oh, I spoke too soon. And eventually I did write music for 10 years for TV shows. And people heard my songs in Pretty Little Liars and The O.C. and Dawson's Creek and stuff like that. But eventually- I started a podcast and I realized, oh, this was that clue. I am using my voice. I'm just not using my voice in the way that I saw it. And so for you, it was the same thing. You just said you did one thing, but you saw that all of those things applied. And it really isn't like an NBD. It's a no big deal, right? Because ultimately All I want is to be used in service. All I really want is for every single thing that I am meant to express to be here as a means of contributing to a greater good. And as long as that's the mission, it's always a win. And so what will happen from it? Everything good. And and they're all there on the other side of that enthusiasm. Enthusiasm is the thing that lights up most in the brain, more than love and more than hate enthusiasm. So when someone is enthusiastic and it's like, you don't know about this. Oh my God, everyone yeah. needs support. Artists are inside of all of us. And we just don't birth these incredible Picassos because we just never had the support. We're like, I'm in, I'm not even an artist and I'm going to discover this talent. I didn't know I had because of your enthusiasm. Yeah. Enthusiasm is the strongest transmission. So if you have that, You're done. The community is done. And now it's like, ooh, now I have to actually check myself and say, what part of me is not allowing this to happen? Is there a part of me that doesn't feel worthy? Is there a part of me that doesn't feel brave enough or right enough to be the right leader of this movement? And then it's like, oh, cool. Here's an opportunity to let that go. Right? Mm -hmm. Does
1: that make sense? It does. It does for sure. And learning to turn off the critics, which is what we'll talk about on the podcast, Because that's, you know, people I'm talking to ideally are struggling with the same stuff. Just one more. This is just one more creation. You know, it's one more creative endeavor.
0: I think it's so beautiful. And I think it's going to be
1: a giant success. Thank you for that. I hope so. (laughs) At the very least, something awesome to do.
0: Okay, I hope you enjoyed that. Now we're going to listen to my conversation with Robin. She wanted to know how she can get out of a low vibe state and step back into this higher energy state. So take a listen. Robin, you were the second person that raised your hand. She's like, oh, great. Wonderful. I I unmute myself, so I'm
2: making progress. (laughs) Anyway, I had a really, really interesting week that having this conversation is really like, oh, that's what's going on. And I've really been caught up in the now, in the how, because I've kind of been soft launching my business. And last weekend, I was invited to be a guest on a trunk show for my work. And what ended up selling was not what I wanted to end up selling because I had several things. And I had my new T-shirt line. And then I had my old jewelry line, which I just thought, oh, I'll just throw it out there and get rid of it because I made it a while ago. And then I do this painted I paint like denim jeans and jackets and the real elaborate. And I told the owner, I am not in the painted jeans business. This was an interim project. I really don't want to sell that. But she's like, I just have to have your jeans. I mean, they're a great pull to get people in. Well, I sold jewelry and jeans and I th- these orders to do these custom jeans, which are really a lot of work. And so I got really frustrated because I, what I went in there to do, the how, it is not what I had planned on. And then the owner of the shop, I, it became very clear to me, is very not not high vibes.
0: <laughs> you know, just like, to put it
2: bluntly. <laughs> yeah, and so I was trying to keep up the vibe, you know. And then I had a meeting with an artist that I'm considering for illustrating what is really going to be my business. I mean, the T-shirts, the jeans and jewelry, all interim stuff while I've been waiting on this bigger project. And he was so high-five, and I was so excited. And I've told other artists for years, do not quote me a low price for your art. Because when you do that, when you sell your art low, you're affecting every artist, right? See, perfect (laughs) example of what we just talked about. And, you know, I told my son this week, who is emerging as an incredible artist and working with me, which is a miracle because a year ago, (laughs) he tried to kill himself. And now we're working together on incredible projects. Wow. I said, Ashley, you have to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. You know, with your brothers telling you he just went for mom. You know, whatever. But I tell all this stuff, like I teach all this stuff. But I, I just don't have the confidence, I guess, when I get in the hot seat, so to speak, of of my business. And I met with this illustrator, and I just felt like. Wow, this is amazing. And we met met with our marketing team yesterday and I was like, wow, this is amazing. And I'm just trying so hard not to ride the highs and lows. And I've been meditating lately, which is really works. And I've been putting that off for a long time. So I'm just I, I kind of like, how do you navigate those ups and downs? And and like when you get in a low energy. Sometimes when I get in that low vibe, then I'm like, I beat myself up for being in the low vibe. And then I go, well, it's never going to happen for me because I can't stay
0: in the high vibe. vibe state. Yeah, I so, totally get it. I mean, what you're basically describing is like we kind of ping pong between being in our ego and resistance and then our ego judges itself or be, I mean, because, and it was just ping ponging in there, you know, and we just ping pong in there all the time. And, It happens to me. It happens to all of us. And what we then do is try to sort of see it, be aware of it and come into when she and I were were just talking a second ago and I said, where do you feel it? And she said, well, this conversation, I feel like over here, like there's like this, like Esther Hicks says, like the leading edge, like space, more spaciousness, more expansion, right? It's in the expansion, that all that you desire exists, right? Now, why is it that you're not there? Because there is a cost. Your ego is telling you it's unpredictable and it's not safe. So that's why you can tell other people to raise their prices. But at the end of the day, there is literally on a physical level, there is a biological signature to how scary it feels for you to, not play the role you were playing. And there is something physically that actually gets alerted, like a whole system in your nervous system. When you think of charging X, Y, and Z or actually allowing the thing you really want to create to just show up, there is some exchange of, well, then here I would be receiving more than I feel worthy of. And my whole system goes into overdrive and I feel it's unsafe. And what has felt safe to me since I was six years old or eight years old or nine years old is having a certain amount that I feel worthy of. And if I had more then all of a sudden, there's some feeling of unworthiness, which causes pain, which causes me to doubt myself, which causes me to go into ego and all of that stuff. And I really don't know a single human being who doesn't have some version of that. Okay. So you're not alone and it is not pleasant at all. So it's a matter though, of being like, that is all inside of this very limited thing that I'm calling reality, which doesn't really exist. It's kind of a made up virtual reality headset. Okay. It's fake. It's actually fake because the truth is that in this ex- exact same place that we're calling the world and earth in this time and space, there are so many opportunities for you to play at a higher vibration and receive there and just keep enjoying it, right? I mean, think of the designers, the painters, the artists that you admire, and those who love being a a volleyball for women or men or clients to exchange at a rate that feels so incredibly delicious, you know, on this is this necklace is Cartier. And I went, we were staying in Boston, and it was over my birthday, the 19th of June. And so I was like, you know what, right across from our hotel, there was a Cartier store. So I just like popped in. And my husband was like, Oh, I want you to go you know, tell me what you like. And then I'll go later and I'll, I'll buy you a present, just kind of write down or take pictures of the things that you like, and I'll get you a gift. And so I was standing there and it turned out because it was a Sunday, the store was closing early. And so I was like, Oh, do I buy myself something or not? Or it's, he wanted me to, what am I going to do? And and then I'm like standing there and I thought, Oh, you know, I'm going to buy this for myself, clearly, because the store's closing in 19 minutes and I've got 3 kids upstairs in the hotel and logistically that's not going to happen for him to come in here and and then I have this like whole nervous system thing around I'm going to buy myself a gift that he wanted to buy me and it's got a like hefty price tag, right? And then I thought, "Oh, the cost of not buying this for myself is so high." because I would be experiencing co-signing all these stories by not buying it. I would co-sign a signature of how I relate to the world that I'm not willing to walk around with. So not only did I buy it, but I said to the salesperson, let me see this other piece also. And I bought two pieces and my husband's like, Oh my gosh, you bought it. And then he goes, do I even want to know like how much you, and I was like, you should know, you should tolerate knowing, even though it makes you feel uncomfortable because this is the move. And I think about you, right? And then I think about walking into Cartier and it feels as though you're in somebody's home, right? They're like, would you like a glass of champagne? Sit down, when you go to purchase the item, instead of like ringing it up, you go into like an office where they have you sit in these lush velvet chairs and then they give you samples of lotions and perfumes. And then they write up this certified little tag. Right. And it's like, don't you want to give that to people? Don't you want to be in the, in the zone of that so that people leave and they, they remember every ounce of the experience of even walking through to look at what you're offering. Right. Like, yeah. Yes. Like, oh, it's like a portal into another land, you know? So that's there for you. But it's about scooping up this six year old, eight year old, nine year old girl who, on some level, internalized that there was a need to be hyper vigilant around how much you received. And the best way for you to keep everyone safe in your family was to take up as little space as possible and to make sure everyone was okay. And you did that for a long time. And now that little girl is looking to you saying, please don't keep throwing me to the wolves. Like, please come and get me. Like, I don't really want to keep doing this move because I'm, I'm trying to be as small as I can be. And it's really hurting my back now. And I'm really not safe anymore over here. And I really I knew you would come for me one day and you you haven't quite come, but you keep saying you will, and I really hope that you do, because I really can't sustain it anymore. You know? So true. And, and by the way, when you said I went to this thing and the reason, you know, this is the thing I wanted to happen and this is the thing that happened, it's like if it's an energetic field of vibration, because literally that is what we live in, it's all frequency, it's all vibes all day long, as much as you wanted, you thought you wanted this thing to work. If there was a, a lot of resistance that that was even going to light up for someone else as what was going to be the exchange, there's no way. But if this is one you're like, this is ultimately what they're going to do. Cause this is the one, this is the one I can just do. This is the one that even though it's harder, it takes so much time. It's not really what I want, but you know, I kind of know that one's doable and that one feels good, right? Because to your ego, to your nervous system, you're like, I'm comfortable having to drain myself. Yeah. If I drain myself, then you can pay me a hundred dollars. Yes. But if I didn't drain myself, it feels very uncomfortable for you to hand me money. When it's like, we got to teach your body that love is not earned. That energy is something we get to receive in this life not something that is a tit for tat exchange. And if you walk on your knees long enough, you deserve one thimble full of water. Like there's no way in hell that this planet, this ecosystem, this gorgeous geometric dance can work that way. That is out of alignment. It's not working that way. Is that making some sense? Yeah.
2: And you know, I, I say this to everybody else, you know, my sons, my daughter, like No artist in this family is going to starve. We don't do that. What you make, it only you can make. And then like, she wanted to sell my t-shirts for $98. And I'm like, this is not a $98 t-shirt. I'm sorry. I know what a $98 t-shirt is. And this is not there yet. So I said 68. And I was even uncomfortable with that. And then a couple of other things that happened, the collaboration with the client on the jeans, that's fun and great energy. And then I have to go like execute it. Um, and I'm so too perfectionistic and I just get ugh, and caught in when I'm doing it in that I'm not good enough. this is an imposter syndrome, all that. And then another thing that happened around all this is yesterday and I said, and I've said this for the last year and a half, I'd say, I have worked my ass off my entire life since I was 12, and I'm 57. I've paid the price of entry. I want to just do my creation, and I want other people to do the rest. I'm tired of doing it all. I've done that, and yesterday I was in the meeting with this marketing team, and I was like, this is totally overwhelming. I don't know how to do Instagram. I don't know how to do any of this. Again, the rule is, rules have all changed on how you, you know, sell a product. And, and I said that very thing to the woman. I said, the deal I made with myself is I paid my price of entry. It's time for me to just do what I love to do. And she yeah. said, we take care of everything. And it felt scary.
0: That's right, because it doesn't feel comfortable, you're you're going to want to be sort of led to what feels safe in your body. And right now, that causes a little bit of discomfort, because it doesn't feel familiar, and you're not used to it. But you know, I think about how when you say it's not a $98 t shirt. It's not about you. It's about her. It's about your client. It's about your customer. I don't only buys a dig and Voltaire t-shirts and shoes because it's pretty. And it says the word I actually want to buy it because it's a hundred dollar t-shirt. I, I don't want to buy a $12 t-shirt. I, I don't want to. Yeah. And so I won't. So if somebody wants to do it for me, then I want it to be a hundred dollars. If you don't want to include me in it and you want to make it for somebody else, fine, but you're not making it for me. Yeah. Right at this point, you know, having worn like good jeans, like I don't really desire to wear jeans that are less than two hundred and fifty dollars. I don't. I don't like how they feel. I can tell. I don't like anything about it. Right. I like to feel this feeling of ooh. There's energy in all the exchanges I make. I co-sign how much abundance there is every time I exchange around something that gives me that feeling of a of expansion. And all I want is expansion. So it's, it's going to cost me too much to save money on something material because I want the expansion of buying into something that tells me a story of abundance. So I'm not willing to buy it at, at that price. So it's amazing how we limit the world because you're thinking, well, if I charge more, it's harder to find clients. Like there are clients at every price. In fact, I if, that you know, but I just, when it's presented to me,
2: I'm like, Oh oh, no, no, I don't think so. You know? Yeah. Well,
0: how, you're, how you're going to move over and through this is just like my first French kiss. And I remember asking my friend, tell me how to do it. What's going to happen. How's it going to go? And she's like, you'll just do it. And then you'll feel totally confident afterwards. Like, no, I don't know how this is going to work. And I know we're going on this trip and this is going to happen, blah, blah, blah. And I had total confidence after the first time. I just know what it is, know what I'm doing, you know? And is it really, you
2: know, like, okay to trust other people to do all the other parts. I get a little scared around that. And the other people, I'm used to earning my keep. I've always felt like I have to earn my keep.
0: Yeah. Well, that's costing you a lot. It is. And the other thing is I'm not worried or I don't care very much about the logistics of things. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I see a lot of people who have a lot of logistics in place who don't have a lot of net income. And so I'm not worried about having all this gorgeous social media content and how many followers you have and how many hashtags are being used. My favorite place where we go on vacation is Blackberry Mountain. We we were already there twice this year. We're going again in August. They do not advertise. Yeah. And they don't advertise because... Depending on the season, it's between five and $7,000 a night. People leave there and they have the most mind blowing experience and they can't help tell somebody else because from the second you arrive on the property, nothing ever is anything like it. No four seasons, no peninsula. Nothing is like it. It doesn't exist. It's just a complete and total up level experience and it's worth it to go. So people talk about it. So. The, the power of that force when you are in alignment, when you are willing to receive, it's all going to line up. And yeah, if you have people around you who want to support you and who want to go and do the work around it, yeah, of course it's okay to trust them. I mean, it's amazing to me how much my team is able to carry so that I can focus and do the part I'm supposed to do. But I, I again, I really don't get hung up on because let's say we had beautiful workbooks and beautiful funnels, this will be worth nothing. Like what makes this worth anything is that there's actually the wires connect and people go, Oh, I had an experience in this class, or I read this post and I can feel that there's something actually there behind it. Right? Like that's more important to me. And you clearly have that and you are ready for it. And that's why you just called it in. So I'm so excited for you. It's here. It's here for you to receive. And that's your work now. Yeah. The strange thing is I've created
2: products like this my whole life. 20 years ago, I just stepped right into it, was not afraid. I had a product. My first order ever was the $40,000 order to all 33 Newman stores. And I was just fine with that. But I don't know what changed, you know. I got, it's just a
0: practice. The more you practice being in that trance, the more it's going to be very uncomfortable to think beyond the trance. But when we do those meditations, and you said you've been doing it, you're already starting to change the field, you're already changing the vibration, you're changing your electron magnetic signature in the world. So it's being received differently. And that's going to do the heavy lifting. So when we did that meditation earlier, and you could start to feel this part of you that's non physical, this part of you that's in alignment, this part of you that's connected to what is was and will be in that place nothing limited makes sense. Nothing limited is a match. Nothing that's hard work is a match. It starts to feel like it brings you right into trance again, right out of alignment, right out of the feeling of being part of this beautiful ocean where all the waves are just moving and lifting each other. Like that's where we need to be. So we need to just keep practicing coming from that place, receiving from that place. And in that place, you would only allow for it to be easier and easier. You would only allow for it to be more and more of this thing that feels like it's a match for the infinite because anything else would start to feel like you're cutting yourself off again and going right out of alignment, right? It just knocks you out of alignment. By this morning, I'm
2: so exhausted from the week, just wasted. And I was watching a thing with Ryan Blair the other day a a post that real and talked about when you go with the flow and go with what feels good, you feel like the wind is behind your back. And when you go, when you're not with the flow, everything is hard. And, you know, so a part of my week felt like the wind was behind my back and part of my week you know, felt really hard, but I'm actually glad, you know, that I am wasted today because it's like, Oh, okay. This does not work for me anymore. And I can't keep doing it. So thank you. I feel much better and still jumpy and
0: anxious, but thank you. You're so welcome. I'm glad that we're having these conversations. Thank you so much for sharing it. That was beautiful. And it is, you know, It's just amazing how even in these conversations, as we are reaching for God, as we are reaching for something that feels so much more in flow with the universe as it actually is made to be, as it is built, as it is in this here and now moment, even in these conversations, how big are we dreaming? How far are we seeing? What are we really willing to create? Like how far beyond the horizon are you going. And why? Why are you creating a limit to the sky? Why are you creating a limit to what's here? Why are you creating that limit? The job of the meditation is to take down the obstacles to what is, right? This thing that we are swimming in is fully and totally expansive and abundant. My daughter had a scrape on her hand and I said, you know, what's going to be cool is over the next few days, I want you to watch your body heal itself. And sure enough, a few days later, it was gone. And I said, and remember with your sunburn, how bad it hurt and what happened? And she said, well, it went away. And I said, why? And she said, I don't really know, but I guess that's what happens. I said, yeah, your body is constantly healing itself. It's made to heal itself Almost immediately, the body, even something that's physical, which most of our body is still energy because it's an atom is made of energy. So most of this that looks physical is actually only a perception of how the light bounces off of this. But really, this is mostly immaterial. But even the parts of it that are material work in this magical way where they're constantly repairing and restoring order. All of the energetic frequencies, right? So then comes along this, this thing between our ears, which is like 1000 Tesla chargers, like 1 zillion supercomputers. And we go, I know what I'll do. I'll take a keyboard and I'll use one key. Why? You have an entire keyboard that is at the helm of a zillion supercomputers that emits electric charge and you're going to go, one key, what are you doing? Wake up, get out of the trance. What do you want to create? How does it feel? How grateful are you to live in that? Woo, start to feel yourself expand. Start to feel your physical self shrink. Start to feel how much space is here. Start to feel how much you now see the godliness in everything around you. How expansive all of a sudden do you see every person, every experience? You don't need psilocybin. You just went there, right? Ram Dass, he talks about like he did psilocybin for seven years, kept kept going on trips, went up, came down, went up, came down. He's like, how do I not come down? How do I stay up? And then he started to meditate and then he started to realize there's a place in which I can stop the trance and I don't come down anymore. I don't come down. There's a few documentaries about Ram Dass, but one of them is called becoming nobody, nobody, no ego, nobody, 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 nobody. You sit with the Dalai Lama You watch him for five minutes. He's beaming light. He's like Times Square. He just beams because his ego just got so small, right? So from that place, like all he could possibly connect with is incredible amounts of abundance because he's beaming. But if you are a person, if you are a somebody and you're wearing your somebody suit, and that somebody's suit has only built a thimble's worth to contain. That's it, my friends. That's all you're going to get. If you're wearing a somebody's suit and you can, ha- you can handle a cup and a half, you're going to have a cup and a half and you'll always be thirsty because you have an illusion that there's lack and deprivation and you got to fill up that, that cup all the time. Keep refilling it. Got to keep refilling it because it keeps going down to empty. But if you're nobody and we're all one somebody, you're full all the time. And holy shit. Now buckle your seatbelt because every single thing is going to come in contact with you and it's going to only want to increase your vibration. Next thing you know, the amount of love and money and opportunity and adventure you're going to go on, you, will only be now responding to oh my gosh wow what what's my preference this is the most beautiful buffet of choices i guess this one's even more beautiful than this one i'll take the hydrangeas roses are great too this experience is amazing we'll go here we'll do that and oh my god now you're sharing that with everyone else right that's the move stop being somebody stop it you don't want to be that that's so not you. (laughs) So limiting, right? Ram Dass says your parents mean well, because they're somebody They want to make you somebody. So they train you to be somebody. And then they go, look at my daughter. She's somebody. I mean, Ram Dass went to Harvard, right? So he's like, "Look look how much of a somebody I got to be for them. Why am I so unhappy? Because it's, it's never about being somebody. It's about being nobody, body, no thing, no space, no time, right? People are like, I love Joe Dispenza. I'm like, me too. He says the same thing that Romdaz says. Oh, click this channel. He says the same thing that he says. She says the same thing. Byron Katie asked her, why are they all sing the same song? It's only one truth and they all sing it. Same song, same song, same note, same one, Right. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what religion you are. One song, one note. There it is. No more being somebody. You want to be out of that. Let's be the conductor. Let's be part of the ocean. Let's belong to each other. Let's belong to the universe. Let's belong to this vibration. Let's be part of this frequency. It feels so good, you guys. You don't want to come down from it. It feels so good. And You won't be able to escape the amount of abundance that will come for you because it can't not find you because you're such a match for it because you are it because you're getting back what you're putting out. That's how it works. Okay. And then you can take a little bit of inspired action every day from that place. And because we are electrical, magnetic, energetic, vibrational beings, it's going to work. Because you're going to plug into the real meat and people are going to go, I don't know what it was about her. I don't really know what she was selling or where she's headed or what movie she just said is great. But I'm going to go see that movie. I'm going to get on that vacation. I'm going to buy that book. I'm going to be a part of it. I want to hang out with that. I want to be in that. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. It could be anything. And this is it. This is the move. This is the move. This is the move. This is the move. I hope you got a lot out of that. A big thanks to Cassandra and Robin for letting us share these moments with you. It's so helpful to know what other people are going through and both of them are already making such a big difference by opening their heart and sharing it with all of us. Let's all give them some love. Cassandra's on Instagram at Cassandra Young Photo and the trailer for her podcast, Living Art, is available. So go take a listen. And you can support Robin on Instagram at sniggle underscore and underscore Fritz. She's also launching her website sniggleandfritz.com on November 1st. So keep an eye out for that. All right, here are the takeaways. Number one, our spirit, our soul, our consciousness does not want a plan. Everything cool that ever happens will happen to us when we let go of control. The excitement is on the other side of spontaneity. Number two, anyone who makes beautiful, creative things is flexing the muscle of being willing to throw spaghetti at the wall. It's all in the iterating. It's all in the playfulness. It's all in the messiness. Number three, it's not about whether or not we need to do X, Y, and Z for it to happen. It's about removing the blocks that are not allowing it to happen. Number four, when we're a live wire of enthusiasm and passion, and we're not worried about anything that is called love unleashed. Everyone wants to be around that. Number five, all we want is to be in service. All we really want is to contribute to a greater good. As long as that's the mission, it's always a win. Number six, love is not a tit-for-tat exchange. It's not earned in that energy. It's something we get to receive in this life. Number seven, wake up, get out of the trance, start to feel yourself expand, feel your physical self shrink, start to feel how much space is here, start to feel how much you can now see the godliness in everything around you. Number eight, it's never about being somebody. It's about being nobody. If you're nobody and we're all in one somebody, you're full all the time. Number nine, there's one song. There's one note. Let's be the conductor. Let's be part of the ocean. Let's belong to each other. Let's belong to the universe. Let's belong to this vibration. Let's be part of this frequency. It feels so good. I just can't thank you guys enough for listening to the show. I love you so much. Your support has changed my life. Thank you. Thank you for being here. There's so many good episodes coming up, so please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. And if you found this episode or any episode helpful in some way, then please leave us a review, leave us a rating, and go ahead and text a link or email the link to this podcast to someone that you love. You can find me on Instagram and you can post about this show if you want. You can tag me at kathy.heller and I can repost it. You can tag Cassandra. She's at Cassandra Young Photo and Robin is at Sniggle underscore and underscore Fritz. I'm sure it would mean so much to hear from you guys. Lastly, if you want to be in on this good stuff, there's two things for you. Number one, Sunday, I'm going to be doing a comedy show with my husband at the improv in Los Angeles this coming Sunday, October 30th at four o'clock. You can get your tickets at markandlowell.com, M A R K A N D L O W E L L.com, or you can go to the improv, the Hollywood improv website. They're like 20 bucks. It'd be so fun to see you there for some stand up comedy and some QA and a live podcast. And if you want to join me for my next retreat in December, you can go to kathyheller.com slash Lux and find out all the details about that. I love you so much. I'll leave you with a song of mine. Have an amazing weekend.